Why does the eye see a thing more clearly in dreams than with the imagination being awake? This is a question posed by the prolific artist, scientist, and inventor Leonardo da Vinci, whose capacity to metaphorically dream while awake through the use of his imagination enabled him to perceive the natural world as a playground for investigation, exploration, discovery, and invention. This mentality would lead him to creative innovations in various fields of study, including painting, architecture, mathematics, engineering, anatomy, botany, cartography, and much more. Today, Leonardo da Vinci is historically recognized as a genius who played an influential role in the Renaissance period by allowing the full expression of creativity within himself to leak out and positively contribute to the culture around him. You're listening to the Makers and Mystics Artist Profile Series, Episode 29. My name is Morgan Ruth Chinyi from the Breath and the Clay creative team, and I will be your guest host for today's show. Leonardo di Ser da Vinci was born on April 15th, 1452, in a farmhouse outside a village in Tuscany, Italy. He was born out of wedlock. His father was Piero Frozzini di Antonio da Vinci, who was a respected Florentine notary, and his young mother Caterina was a peasant. Deemed an illegitimate child in this time and culture, Leonardo was still taken in and raised by his father and stepmother. His father, Piero, used his connections to arrange an apprenticeship with the noted artist Andrea del Verrocchio. At the age of 14, Leonardo moved to Florence and was mentored in Andrea's prestigious studio, where his genius was nurtured through the acquiry of skills in painting, sculpting, drawing, metalwork, and leather arts. Through his apprenticeship, Leonardo was invited to paint an angel in Verrocchio's painting, The Baptism of Christ. Many scholars believe that Leonardo's beautiful contribution in this piece is evidence of Leonardo's skill and talent that so early on had surpassed his mentor. In the years to come, Leonardo was offered esteemed opportunities. At the age of 20, he was invited to be a master artist in Florence's Guild of St. Luke and establish his own work in his own studio. Yet Leonardo chose to continue working as an assistant to Andrea del Verrocchio for another four to five years. Leonardo's choice reflects his immense humility and the value he placed on mastering skills and growing understanding opposed to prestige and worldly success. For Leonardo himself said, the noblest pleasure is the joy of understanding. His contentment was not found in progressing his career and reputation, but rather in being a lifelong learner. In 1476, Leonardo was accused of practicing homosexuality, which was punishable by public humiliation, prison, and even death at this time. Leonardo managed to escape this legal punishment and is believed to have lived in low profile for a while after due to the harsh chastisement and judgments of others. In 1482, Leonardo left Florence to work in the court of Milan. This is the place where Leonardo flourished where he dove into uncharted depths of exploration in a multitude of disciplines. This is where some of his greatest artistic and scientific ideas were born. The Duke of Milan commissioned Leonardo to paint, sculpt, 
design court festivals, and even military machinery. Woven into Leonardo's acts of invention were deep philosophies, as his thinking and beliefs informed his actions. He said, Every action needs to be prompted by a motive. He who loves practice without theory is like the sailor who boards ship without a rudder and compass and never knows where he may cast. Leonardo believed that actions should also inform our thinking. The conceptual must become concrete as ideas must be tested and tried. He said, I have been impressed with the urgency of doing. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Being willing is not enough. We must do. Iron rusts from disuse. Water loses its purity from stagnation. Even so does inaction sap the vigor of the mind. Because of this logic, during this time, Leonardo mastered observation. He was a polymath, defined as a person who draws on complex bodies of knowledge to solve problems. His famous journals are a library of drawings and notes, vast studies on plants, animals, the movement of water, optics, human anatomy, the movement of the body, the study of emotion, gesture, and expression. For Leonardo, the natural world was the holder of the greatest inventions because in its designs, nothing is lacking, nothing is superfluous. To study the beauty and craftsmanship, the masterpieces of people and the world around him was a fundamental step in his creative process. What he learned from experience and research, he was then able to apply and convey in his art and inventions in an unparalleled manner. Leonardo famously created sfumato, an oil painting technique that allowed colored edges and outlines to softly and subtly flow into each other, such that his paintings of flesh and fabric appeared to mirror reality in a mysteriously atmospheric way, mimicking the eye's natural ability to focus on certain objects and view other objects as unfocused in one's field of vision. In 1495-98, Leonardo again pushed creative boundaries with a technical experiment in his mural, The Last Supper. As an attempt to use the sfumato technique in this grand masterpiece, he mixed together oil paint and wet plaster. This new technique would eventually lead to the piece partly flaking off the walls of the convent of Santa Maria del Grezi. Still, this piece remains as one of the most significant and well-known artworks in all of history. It depicts a scene described in the Gospels in which before his death, Jesus informs his disciples that one of them will betray him, followed by a partaking of his last meal. Each of the 12 disciples reacts differently. Each one's posture, expression, and gesture reveals to the viewer the notions of the figure's mind. More than a mural, Leonardo painted this biblically significant moment as a dramatic narrative and complex study of personality and human emotion. The Last Supper was one of six works that Leonardo completed during his 17 years in the court of Milan. For the rest of his time was spent seeking universal truths, saying, although nature commences with reason and ends in experience, it is necessary for us to do the opposite. That is to commence with experience, and from this, to proceed to investigate the reason. For Leonardo, the pursuit of truth and the embrace of reason was not absent of faith. He viewed ignorance in human opinions to be a barrier of truth and understanding of the divine. He said, 
and yet they want to comprehend the mind of God, talking about it as though they had already dissected it into parts. Still, they remain unaware of their own bodies, of the realities of their surroundings, and even unaware of their own stupidity. I can't help but compare Leonardo's thoughts to the proverb, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. As though Leonardo understood that a true reverence for the beauty of God's divinity must lead us to humbly seek and find, not pridefully boast and declare. For Leonardo also said, the greatest deception men suffer is from their own opinions. He believed that all our knowledge has its origins in our perceptions. He explains that what will most obscure our vision of truth is a blinding ignorance that misleads us. He writes in frustration, O oh, wretched mortals, open your eyes. For Leonardo, science and art were not in conflict with faith and spirituality. While the human tendency is to compartmentalize, for Leonardo, art is science as much as science is art. This both illuminated and informed his faith. His pursuit of truth through study of the natural world was an expression of worshipful love. Those who try to censor knowledge do harm to both knowledge and love, said Leonardo. Because love is the offspring of knowledge and the passion of love grows in proportion to the certainty of knowledge. The more we know, the more we can be certain of what we know. And so the more love we can feel. This statement captures his wildly deep understanding of intimacy as integral to true love. Leonardo refused to approach life with the lens of a shallow, fatuous love that merely enjoys the idea of things. For him, to know is to love, and to know deeply is to love deeply, for how else can true passion grow? There was no suppression of questions, rather a fearlessness to wonder, to ask about the macro and micro through theory and hypothesis, and then test through action in order to discover truth. This principle resulted in his examination of death in order to understand life. Being in the presence of corpses was not uncommon for Leonardo, dissecting approximately 30 corpses in his lifetime. His journals illustratively show combinations of anatomical and physiological research that were groundbreaking in their time, such as a pen and ink drawing of a fetus in the womb that helped spark the vanguard field of embryology during the Renaissance period. Perhaps the most famous illustration is the Vitruvian Man. It depicts a man in two positions inscribed in a square and circle. It reveals Leonardo's interest in humanity as it relates to nature and divinity. Within the human body, he believed there to be an analogy for the mechanics and workings of the universe, believing that the answers to life's biggest mysteries are hidden and juxtaposed in humanity. The shapes are believed to communicate a message about a metaphysical world in which the circle symbolizes the infinite and the divine, while the square symbolizes the material world. The overlap of these shapes with man at the center of it perhaps suggests that divinity and the material collide in human experience. And within our natural world, there is a sacredness that is to be enjoyed. The Vitruvian man is now known as a symbol for humanist philosophy. Leonardo eventually returned to Florence in 1503. This was a productive period, 
when he painted works such as The Virgin and Child with St. Anne, and his most famous work, considered to be the most famous work in the world, The Mona Lisa. Known for the untold mystery residing in her smile and eyes, this masterpiece again exemplifies the smoky, ambient effect of the sfumato technique. Unusual for its time, Leonardo again crossed creative boundaries when he painted a background from his imagination, a world beyond the one we know. This same imagination would also take him to new inventive heights, as his study of birds would aid him in designing flying mechanical devices for human use. This was an area of diligent focus and fascination for Leonardo. He wrote over 35,000 words and over 500 sketches dealing with the nature of air, the flight of birds, and flying mechanics, thus emphasizing Leonardo's ability to live beyond the limitations of what is and live motivated by what can be. Leonardo would go on to complete commissions for the French royal court and build a close friendship with King Francois I. Francois's affection would be shown as he was present at Leonardo's death on May 2nd, 1519 at Clos Lucet. Before dying, Leonardo made his companion and speculated lover, Francesco Melzi, a beneficiary of all his artistic and scientific estates. While many artists' genius remains unknown until their death, Leonardo was deeply admired and appreciated for his creative contributions in his lifetime. Before passing, he wrote, As a well-spent day brings happy sleep, so a life well-spent brings happy death. The legacy of Leonardo da Vinci has rippled into so much of the world that we understand today. Renaissance means rebirth, and surely Leonardo's creativity contributed to a renaissance of culture. Leonardo wrote about what he called sapere vedere, which means knowing how to see. By this, he explained a visual literacy that he applied to his art. It followed two principles. The first is knowing something well enough to visualize or draw something from memory. And the second, developing a deep enough understanding of something to reveal its essence through drawings that can be used to create new ideas. I believe that sapere vedere, this art of knowing how to see, can be applied to both the creative and spiritual life of the artist, as shown in the life of Leonardo. What if we can know something so well that we have access to it through our memory? What if we can develop such a strong understanding of it that we can reveal its true essence through our art and interactions with people? What is that something for you? Is it love, grace, truth, passion? Whatever it is, it will shape how you see. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to learn more about the Makers and Mystics podcast or to join our creative collective, be sure to see the show notes of this episode or visit makersandmystics.com. Music